Welcome to the Spoutcast, where we spout off the news to those who drink from the well. My name's Jane Fawcett. Alongside me for the very first time as my co-host, Benjamin Woolburn. Yep. What's up, Ben? How's it going, Jane? I am stoked to be here. 2014, beginning of new year. I feel like I have very big shoes to feel. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Do you think... You have more to offer than Christian Warren. Oh, in what kind of capacity? Because I mean, I mean, we're talking Spoutcast. So if you could dream big, if you could change anything, what would it be? I would say the co host would be able to grow a brown beard and have brown hair as opposed to a ginger. Okay, well, you're already on the road to success. <laughs> Step one complete. Step one. So today we are discussing the anatomy of a disciple. We're in the midst of a series called The Anatomy of a Disciple, if you haven't heard. And today we're specifically talking about the concept of being sacrificially generous, what that means amidst the core and that spectrum of the anatomy of a disciple. So we'll be listening to Shay's message, a clip from his message. We'll be discussing that a little bit and unpacking it. And also we got to, we're going through the, AOD after hours at the North PM. So I got to sit in on a, at a table there, which ben was really hung cool. Out with us at the seven. It was actually my very first 7 PM service that I have really? attended at the well. Yeah. And what did you think? It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. It got a little warm in there. <laughs> it did get warm in I there. was wearing like my Patagonia down vest that oh, I got at an REI used gear sale. <laughs> um, but it got a little toasty, but it was yeah. good. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, so we'll be discussing that. And then Jane will be interviewing me. It's true. It's the behind the scenes look at who is Ben Wilburn, who really? Who is Ben Wilburn? Who is he really? Hmm. So we'll figure that out. Um, music this week. We sang a song yesterday from this album. Um, so we have Hillsong United's Zion album coming at you. Um, yeah, we sang Oceans yesterday. So one of the songs that you'll hear um, is one of my current favorites. So I thought I'd give you guys a little musical goodness and share it. Jane, here's the question for you. Ask you asked me. me, what do you have to offer that Christian doesn't? Uh-oh. What are you looking for in your co-host that Uh-oh. Christian wasn't able to? You know, he was like... Uh-huh. Yeah, just okay. wasn't quite up to par. Well, you know, one thing I do, I do miss Christian. He is a forever left a hole in my heart. But it will be nice to see what it feels like to not be interrupted so much. What does that feel? Oh, oh well, I, I guess yeah. I found the wrong co-host. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> maybe that. Maybe I should look for another dream for 2014. Oh. But you know who hasn't left us? Good old Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson. He's still here for us. The backbone of the Spoutcast. Backbone. The faithful. Forever the backbone. Well, Ben, I'm excited to see what 2014 has for us. I'm sure it'll be full of a lot of good times. Yes, and brown beards. And brown beards. Uh-huh. Got to keep it trimmed, though. Okay, nice good. Yeah. It's got to be uh, presentable. Good. Nothing but the best for the Spoutcast. Stay tuned. Sermon discussions coming at you. What have you done? Murdered for me on that cross Accused in absence of wrong 
But the first thing that we have to note when it comes to offering our treasures for the Lord, whatever it may be, whether it's money or whether it's physical assets we have, the first thing that we have to know before we'll ever get sacrificial generosity right is the understanding that everything you own, you don't actually own. Everything you and I own is God's. Psalm 50 says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything on earth is God's. So there you heard the clip from Shay Sumlin at midweek giving us this, the sermon on um, sacrificially generous in the midst of our Anatomy of a Disciple series. And the general theme from this sermon is how are we being sacrificially generous with the three T's, time, talents, and treasure, those three items that make up a large majority of our lives. Are we being intentionally sacrificially generous with those things that have been given to us from God? And you heard in Shay's clip there that if we really think about it, none of the things that we think we own are our own to start out with. Yeah, I really loved this sermon. <clears throat> I think it it hit something that I've been thinking of for a while of um, overcommitment with my time mm-hmm. and just looking at like my schedule being super busy with work and school mm-hmm. and residency and WSM yeah. and like a ton of good things, but is it leaving me um, kind of stuck when... I feel like the Lord is maybe moving me to act in a different way. Yeah. So I don't know what I'd give up, but. Yeah, it was interesting. We got to sit around the tables at the AOD after hours last night and Buck was kind of our table leader. Shout out to Buck. Woo! Hey, Hey, Buck. Buck, If you listen, this is for you. Um, So we were talking and the kind of we went around the table and which of those three T's is the one that you need to work on most, the time, treasure, or talents. And, you know, each person shared a little bit different. Each person's at a different place. For me, I, I would agree with you a little bit, Jane. I think for me, it's time and just the idea that, you know, my schedule is pretty busy and, you know, I... I am an achiever by nature and I like to have everything scheduled out. And so with that comes the the tendency and the habit to not leave room for their for myself to be sacrificially generous yeah. with my time. I'll think, you know, I have, you know, this scheduled from this time to this time. So I can't I can't be sacrificially generous when really if I'm thinking about those two words, it is a sacrificial act. I'm giving something up in order to be generous to someone or something else. So yeah. that was kind of what what I got when we were discussing it. And, you know, there was a couple of people that shared, you know, their talents as musicians mm-hmm. and that they feel like they could be, they've been learning these instruments and playing for years and years and years. And they're finally 
beginning to really wrestle with the idea of what it means to them to be sacrificially generous with the talent that they know was God given um, Mm -hmm. and they just haven't used necessarily in that context yet. So it was a very powerful sermon, I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Sitting in at the 7 p.m. for the first time last night was really cool. And I actually sat in the way back like second the row. The way, way back? The way, way back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> uh, so I sat in basically the second row from the back, and it was great. I felt like Shay was sitting right in front of me, like five feet in front of me, and he was talking directly to me yeah. and was very convicted at different times in how I spend my time. And so it was it was a powerful message. Yeah. I liked the point that he made that nothing to begin with is, nothing is ours to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think... There's definitely points in my life where I hold on to things too tightly and um, think like I worked for such and such mm-hmm. or like yeah. because of my hard work, I did this or because of my hard work, I had money to right. do this. And just looking at like how tightly I hold on to things and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a, a sense of entitlement that comes with, totally. you know, you've put your your hours in and you've mm-hmm. done whatever project you're working on. And so you think, man, I can, this was my time. This mm-hmm. is my work. This was my energy. Yeah. Now I can do what I want rather than For looking sure. at it in the context of what does God want from me? How can mm-hmm. I be, you know, humbly submitted, biblically mm-hmm. formed and sacrificially, now sacrificially generous mm-hmm. with the time, talents or treasures that mm-hmm. have been given to me. And yeah. it's a interesting concept. I like that you bring up the core because I think Shay mentioned it last night of like, nothing can happen without our core. Like mm-hmm. nothing can happen until we um, like fully buy in that Jesus is the Lord of our lives and that we're spending time being formed by his word. And I don't think by any means we'll get everything down like 100%, but it definitely gets us thinking more in the direction of changing our perspective of like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Blah, 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 Mm -hmm. to what would the Lord want me to do Mm -hmm. with A, B, and C or with my time in this situation or whatever. So I think it definitely gets us thinking in the direction of, being usable by God Mm -hmm. and opening ourselves up to that. And just looking at the, I mean, if you look at the diagram of the anatomy of a disciple, just looking at that phrasing of the center one, being Mm -hmm. humbly submitted, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you think of a wrestler who's being put into submission. They're not humbly submitting themselves to their opponent. But when we're looking at our spiritual walk in our life before before God, you're humbly submitting. You're saying, I am putting myself into submission and mm-hmm. I'm doing so in a humble manner. And then you will be free to do so many other things. And if you're if that humbly isn't doesn't come before the submitted, then you're you're gonna be constantly battling it totally. and thinking that you have that mm-hmm. right or that um, sense of entitlement to do mm-hmm. your own thing. And yeah. so it's a huge aspect of it. Yeah. As a fellow achiever, I love yeah. <laughs> when I get bullet points, like actionable steps. Um, so I liked the 10 points that Shay gave us in the, I almost called it a seminar, sermon. I like wow, to- almost messed up there. I know, it's true. <laughs> I like to um, get things that I can work on or things that I can see like maybe- I'm heading in a good direction with those. Um, I think one that stuck out to me, he talked about true generosity. Um, 
transcends difficult circumstances mm. and how um, that focus of um, painful situations are only temporary. But I know like when I've been in in situations that like it just seems like the world is falling apart or whatever, like I feel like that's going to last forever and I don't right. think about yeah. it being temporal. Mm-hmm. So looking at ways that I can look past my circumstances like right now where I feel like I don't have time mm-hmm. outside of what I'm already committed to and still being generous with what the Lord's giving me, um, just being open to those things. So, and I like to, <clears throat> with the model of the anatomy, how it it's our heart, our mind, and then how that goes out to our choices and compassions. Yeah. And he talked about how, compassion is like um it like is all the way in your gut that it like Mm -hmm. affects your bowels and like makes you sick to your stomach and moving you in that sense of like it's not just a thing of like oh yeah they don't have money it's like (laughs) they are like suffering and like i have Mm -hmm. to do something Mm -hmm. to help them um so it's just like to me i like those those pictures of like I can, I, I have had times where I'm like, I feel it all the way into my gut and it's like, you have to do something because of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that, uh, that's interesting. Just that idea of the circumstantial Mm -hmm. aspect of it. We were talking around the table and the phrase, you know, abundance of joy Mm -hmm. in the midst of affliction kind of came up. And the fact that these, these people that Paul's writing this letter to had an abundance of joy amidst their, amidst their circumstances, that it Mm -hmm. wasn't circumstantial joy or, or Mm -hmm. fleeting happiness. It was a abundance of joy that was rooted in who, what their identity was Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so this fact that as circumstances ebb and flow, as you know, we have hard times financially or with family or different avenues of life or where we're in like extreme times of blessing that Mm -hmm. the abundance of joy can stay up because our joy comes from the Lord. And just that idea that it isn't circumstantial. And I think as humans, it's extremely difficult and near impossible at times to wrap our minds around that and to truly let that sink into our hearts. But we just see I think a real example of that in scripture there, where there was that abundance of joy amidst affliction. Mm-hmm. And even be, even through affliction, they were able to experience joy. Totally. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. I think uh, I think we we're, we're in it for a good next few messages as we continue on through the anatomy of a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next one we got coming up, Jane? Oh, man. Put her on the spot. Ben. Put her on the spot. Sacrificially generous. Intentional blessing, is it morality? Yep. Dave's giving me the backbones, giving the backbone me the backbone of the spellcast. So we'll go into um, morality next week and just learn more about being a better disciple. Mm-hmm. All right. As we continue on, next part of this is we'll be interviewing <laughs> myself. You. So yep. next part's all about me, guys. All right. Stay Hang tuned. On to Get your to hats. know about me.
ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our new co-host, Ben Wolberg. Yep. Ben, I've got some questions for you, but before right. we get into that, mm-hmm. I know you were on a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many ago it was. It was like two or three months ago, maybe. Okay. So I think it would be good to have you tell the listeners about your job here at The Well. Okay. So I know it'll sound redundant, but we may have listeners that didn't listen to that. that yeah, or they were just ignoring that part yeah, of it. Yeah, or they so. were like, Ben Wolburn, why do I need to listen to this? So I am the student ministries program director or WSM program director at The Well, which means I kind of have a variety of different responsibilities. So on a given week, on Sunday, I'm at the FIG campus. So for those of you listeners who go to FIG, that's where I'm at for the 9 and 11. I'll do the Sunday experience there for junior hires. And then um, in a big scope of things, more involved in the planning and execution of the events. So our junior high group on Tuesday nights, which is called The Surge, we do that. We have fun games. We have life group. We have a message. So kind of planning and executing that night as well as Wednesday nights, I lead a, a life group for the Clovis West High School students. Shout out to Clovis West. And uh, which interestingly, you know what their mascot is, Jane? It's like an eagle, right? It is an eagle. My mascot from my high school was also an eagle. Coincidence? Really? I, I think, think not. not. All right, so <laughs> so that's that's Wednesday night, and then yeah, just planning winter retreat right now is kind of a big is a big uh, thing that's coming up. We're going to Pismo with our high school students, which uh-huh. we haven't done before. We're going to be staying in vacation homes. It's going to be a blast going to the beach in February. Can I just tell you how excited my girls yeah? are about that? Good. They are excited to go to the beach. I'm glad. And you know what? I'm excited about that they're actually going because usually they are too busy with their sports. Oh, yeah. That they can't go. So, yeah, it worked out nicely this year where there were two weekends in a row that were three day weekends. So, we're doing our high school retreat. Uh, the first weekend and then the junior high retreat where we go to a, a different camp in Santa Cruz the next weekend. So those are two big retreats that are coming up back-to-back weekends. You're going to be so tired. <laughs> I'll be pretty tired at the end of it, but I mean, I worked at camp. I know what it's long true. days, long hours, yes, long nights, early mornings are like. So, so unless you listen to Ben's episode the last time, that is something Ben and I have in common, yep. camping ministry. Not the same camp, though. You're right. Where did you come from? I came from Mount Hermon in Santa Cruz Mountains. It's a Christian camp and conference center. I was working there, um, did four summers there, and was there two years full round after I graduated from college and was working in the youth ministry department there. So got to help plan and execute and run the high school and junior high program, which is similarly called Ponderosa Lodge. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you call it Lodge at Hume, but Ponderosa, take off the lodge part, Ponderosa. And um, was there for a while and loved camping ministry, go back and visit um, often, and um, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And now you'll have an added bonus when you go to Santa Cruz. It's true. You'll be able to visit our very own Christian very- Warren. May he rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. Christian Warren. R.I.P. So, yeah, that's kind of the role of WSM program director, those surge high school life group, planning winter retreats, being involved in students' lives, going to sporting events, doing different things like that. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of different things that I feel like I've been gifted at. So mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. I like being on stage, being a goofball in front of people. And so I get to do that 
literally every week, and it's great. Perfect. Mm-hmm. What is the grossest thing that you have ingested? Because I know you guys usually do something gross like that. I haven't ingested a ton of gross stuff. Probably what most people would think is gross, not because of what it was, but because of how many mouths it was already in, Ugh. was... <laughs> I could not handle that. We did this game at the Surge called Powder Puff, and it was basically all these students put some water in their mouth, and then they put... Uh, or they put some powder, hot chocolate powder in their mouth and then they put some water in their mouth and swished it around and then they spit it into this pitcher. And so the contents of this pitcher grew and grew to where there was, you know, 40 or 50 students, different salivas and all good bacteria stuff just kind of rummaging around in there Ew. in that pitcher. And then at the end of it, there were two pitchers. And so Christian and I, we each poured ourselves a cup of it <sighs> and uh, we... We uh we drank this delicious hot chocolate, and, you, and now our immune systems oh, are better than ever, Jane. Of course. Okay, you're sounding <laughs> a little bit too much like Christian right I, hey, now. I wouldn't go so far as to say that I'll never be sick, which is what Christian would yes. claim. But I do like to think there is a mental game involved in being sick Ugh. or not being sick. All right. So, yeah. So, so far, I don't think you've missed work for being sick, have you? I have not, haven't gotten sick at all since so I've been here. There you go, your mental stamina. Knock on wood. Mental stamina. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with Mount Hermon? Did you go there as a camper or? I, I actually never went to any camp as a kid. Are you serious? Dead serious. So I, um, I, went to, I worked at a different camp before Mount Hermon called Wolf Mountain, which is near Sacramento. I've heard of so Wolf Mountain. So in between my first and second year of college, I heard about this camp from a friend in the college group, and they were like, hey, you should apply, check it out, it'd be lots of fun. So I applied, did that, did that for two summers, was awesome, um, was considering going back, but wanted to kind of change a venue, just try out something new. And so heard about Mount Hermon from a friend, applied, and went there for a summer while I was in college, went back the next summer, and stayed after that summer. And so have seen a couple different camps um, in action and love camping ministry in general. Um, but that's kind of how I ended up at Mount Hermon for the last couple years. Nice. Um, and so we asked you this uh, when you were interviewed at first. About- I hope I say the same thing. What? <laughs> I hope I answer it correctly then. Oh, well, it it you don't have to answer it correctly. Okay, good. But it was before we went to staff retreat and we were talking oh, about yeah. camp food. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Because before, somehow you and Christian got on the subject of toilets, which okay, this then is not got what, where onto I thought this conversation the subject of camp food. Yeah, there we and go. And Cisco. <laughs> there we so, go. So now that you have gone to Hume for a conference. Yep, staff retreat. Is the there. food at Hume better? than Mount Hermon's food. I will say you have to consider the fact that staff retreat where it's a conference and going when there's a thousand high school students and eating their food then, I think they have a different menu that they put out. Well, of course. So similarly, Mount Hermon has that where they'll have, you know, nicer food if it's a smaller conference or, you know, if they need to make something in bulk and they need to have five million hot dogs Ugh. or corn dogs. Or mac and cheese. Or what have you, or chicken tenders. You or know, eggs. Or eggs. <laughs> that are really powdered. Let's just go through the whole laundry list <laughs> of things that we've consumed at camp. Uh-huh. I would say after that conference we went to, after staff retreat, my view of Hume-like food drastically went up. That's I was, excellent. I was uh, very pleased and impressed by Good. their food service. Also, also, speaking of staff retreat, I had never played 
broom ball before. Broom hockey. Broom hockey. Oh, man. It's called broom hockey. How dare I? Yes. So It's it's a travesty. that Was actually in the championship game. Mm -hmm. Ended up losing. I think everybody in the rink wanted us to lose. That's okay. And... (laughs) I didn't want you to lose. Oh, thanks, Because you weren't on PJ's team, right? I was not on PJ's team. I did not want PJ's team to win. But I was on Jared Rumley's team, and I think Uh there was – everybody was going against Jared Rumley's team. I was pulling for you guys. All right, thanks, Because PJ is a smack talker, and I am pretty competitive when it comes to not only anything (laughs) – but my game, okay, which I consider would you broom say broom hockey, hockey is your game? Okay. Is um, a part of me because I have lived and breathed it at Hume before. But PJ would not let up on the fact that he thought my team was going to lose, and he was going to oh, do yeah? everything in his power to make <laughs> us lose. Granted, we lost, but <laughs> I did not want him to win. Because Didn't want to give him the satisfaction. Talked too much trash. Gotcha. That was fun, though. I liked that game. I liked my lungs burning and my nose running like crazy. Oh, my goodness. I had, like, the worst night of sleep that night. Really? I was, like, coughing up I something, like, all too. night long. I literally think the inside of our lungs froze. Probably. Because it was, like, nine degrees. Probably. Crazy. Crazy stuff. But it was so much fun. It was a I would go back and do it in a heartbeat. I would bring my own shin guards this time, though. Oh, yeah. Either that or the trick is to get shoelaces. Tie oh, okay. shoelaces around your shin guards so they don't fall off. Okay. I um, will not forget, you were standing by me at one point, and one of the goalies mm-hmm. let go of his broom, and I came unglued. <laughs> and Kelly Moore was like, Jane, you should tone it down because I think you made Ben back away. And I look <laughs> over at you, and you had taken a few steps away from me. So I think um, I apologize for going a little overboard. It's all right. It's but all right. again, it's all in the name of hey, competition. We've all been there. <laughs> yes. I'm very competitive as well. Okay. Well, I don't think your competitiveness comes out like mine does. Uh, which is anger. See me in the right arena. Obviously. <laughs> which is anger. <laughs> oh. Okay. So let's let's get the behind the scenes look. All right. At who you are, Ben Wilburn. All right. I just made up a few questions oh boy. that I'm sure all of our listeners are wondering. Okay. It's, it's nothing too difficult. One that I've actually already let you think about. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about what I asked you? Yes. Okay. Let's start easy. Mm-hmm. What's your middle name? My middle name is David. <laughs> David. Benjamin David Woolburn. There it is. All right. Um, okay, birthday. My birthday, I'll say who it falls on as well, celebrity-wise. I share a birthday with Ken Griffey Jr. No, my brother loved Ken Griffey Jr. Who I actually asked a bunch of junior hires the other night who Ken Griffey Jr. was. He played for the Atlanta Braves. They didn't know. Right? Oh, my goodness, Jane. How dare you? He did not play for the Atlanta Braves. He played for the Seattle Mariners and the Cincinnati Reds. I swear he played for the Atlanta Braves at one point. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. All right, well, we'll look well, it up on the commercial So break. I share a birthday with Ken Griffey Jr., and it is on November 21st. Little do most of you probably know, Ken Griffey Jr. was the only player, I think he was the only player, to play on the same team at the same time with his dad. 
really? on the Seattle Mariners. Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. Same they team, played same at the time. same time. Isn't that crazy? How is that possible? They had him pretty young. Apparently. I guess so. Wow. All right. Next question, Ben. What is your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby. Hmm. I didn't think about this one before, but I would probably say it's changed over time. I would say when I was going through college, I ran like I ran a ton. I was really into long distance running, did a few marathons, really enjoyed running when I was going through college. Um, probably most recently. And this hobby was non-existent prior to four months ago, but I play disc golf at least once a week now. Really? Yeah. At Woodward Park? Yeah. The only place you can play disc golf oh, in I Fresno, I've unfortunately. I've never played disc golf. So, and there's a disc golf course at Hume. Did you know that? I did know that. I played there. You did? I did. I How played. was it in comparison to Woodward? It's way better than Woodward. Oh. Woodward, unfortunately, is a little similar to a desert wasteland, at least the disc golf portion of the park. So it's unkept. It's it's not unkept. It's just all dirt. And oh. you start getting dust boogers at the That's end the of disc golf. And yes. you're like... Oh, man. I went and played on Saturday, actually, with uh, Robbie, who's a leader for one of our, our North kids, and Christian, actually. We played oh. disc golf together, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. So I'd say that's my most recent hobby of choice, disc Good. golf. Do you have the, um, like, carrying case like Jeremiah has? I recently the got purse? a carrying case, actually. Oh. I... I would give Coleman Diffenderfer the credit for why I got into disc golf. He actually bought me a set of disc golfs oh, or discs, not disc golfs, discs. <laughs> so he bought me three discs and that kind of got me into it. And then I bought another set and a bag. It was funny, actually. <laughs> Robbie and I, one day, we went and played disc golf and then played regular golf. And I invited him to play disc golf. And he's like, sure, as long as I can borrow your discs. And I quickly realized I only have enough discs for one person. Oh. So I went out and bought another set. There you go. And then he later found out that I just bought that set for that specific purpose. And he thought it was really funny. Well, now so. if you lose one in a tree, you'll have an extra. It's true. I like having right. extras. So you only use three discs. Well, I mean, professionals probably use a lot more. But me, I, I pretty much only use two, like a driver and a putter. So. Man. All right. I didn't know there were different discs. All right. Back to you. All right. What's your most embarrassing moment? <laughs> um, okay. So when I was a freshman in high school, I took, this is like embarrassing, sad, and kind of painful at the same time, oh, like physically no. painful. Oh, okay. so not like emotionally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. Okay. So when I was a freshman in high school, I took a welding class and um, I was carrying this piece of like most of the people in the class were upperclassmen. So that just increases any embarrassing moment if sure. you're the freshman and uh -huh. everybody else is upperclassmen. I was literally just walking with a piece of metal in my hand and tripped and fell and landed on it to ah. which it cut my thumb. And there's actually still a scar on my thumb from where I had to go and get stitches. Literally just walking from one spot to the next, <laughs> tripped, fell, cut open my hand. Had to. The only time I had to go to the principal's office in high school was because my hand was bleeding. Oh. And that's right next to where the nurse is. So, um, so yeah, I would say that was that was pretty embarrassing. So are you clumsy? 
I would not say I'm clumsy. That was probably why it was embarrassing because I think I'm very, I consider myself pretty coordinated. Yeah. Um, so I had just a momentary lapse of judgment. Oh, man. Couldn't put one foot in front of the other anymore. Jeez. Forgot how to walk. And then you fell. And I fell. In front of a bunch of seniors. In front of a bunch of people and cut myself. Man. And, you know, got the scar to remind you, myself every you day. You got a battle wound. Battle wound. Yeah. What was your first job? Ooh, my first job. I worked at a Mexican restaurant when I was, I got my first job when I was 15, a sophomore in high school. The original Lorenzo's in mm. Loomis, their tagline, the heart of Mexican cuisine. Or their other tagline, depending on which shirt I was wearing, said, we like it hot at Lorenzo's. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the two taglines. So I worked, I actually worked there for five years. Okay. I started out as a busboy and then was a host and then um, dishwasher and then eventually a server. So I loved it. It was great for going through high school and then college. My parents had this thing where I wasn't allowed to drive or have a cell phone until I could pay for them. Oh. So I got a job so that I could do that. Yeah. So. So then what was your first car? My first car, I didn't buy the car, but I had to pay for the gas for the car. Okay. The car was already owned in the family. Uh -huh. It was, my parents had actually got it as a wedding gift. It was a 1975 Chevrolet Nova. Ooh. No power steering, no power <laughs> brakes, no air conditioning. Wow. It was a tank. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. Did you have to wear a seatbelt in it? I did. I'm not that old, Jane. I did have to wear a seatbelt. Yeah. Okay. So this is the one that I asked you earlier. Okay. Give us two truths and a lie. And okay. I will try and guess You're which discern? one is the lie. Okay. I just gave one of them away recently, so I can't use the one I was just thinking. No, use it. It'll make it easier for um, you. Okay. <laughs> It'll be really obvious. Instead which, of a one in three chance, I'll have a 50-50 chance. Okay. I have... <clears throat> A geographic tongue, okay. which I'll explain. I won't explain what that means. I have a geographic tongue. I have ran two marathons. Huh. <laughs> and I have never been. No, let me rephrase this one. Let me think about this one again. I <laughs> I just completely botched two truths and a lie, Jay. That's what just so happened. you have a geographic the, <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's start over. The first two. I'm pretty sure I just guessed it, though. I have a geographic ton tongue. I ran two California international marathons, or two marathons. Okay. And I have been to Australia. What's I'm still sticking with you have a geographic tongue. You think that's the no. lie? No, you've been to a... Wait, I think you do have a geographic tongue. So you think I've never been to Australia? Yes. That is true. What I was going to say, because <laughs> in my mind, my the truth of it was I've never been off the continent. So that's what I was going to say. Okay. But then as I was delivering it, I realized I need to rephrase this. Otherwise, it's not a lie. So I have never been off the continent is the truth of it. I've only been to Canada and Mexico. Oh. I do have a geographic tongue. My friend which, Shannon has one too. Can you explain what it means to have a geographic tongue? It means that... I'll probably botch it when I explain it, but... I mean, it means that like the texture or the like... 
the your tongue changes shape often. Yeah, so the texture or like the surface of your tongue that's kind of linked to your taste buds changes um, changes shape or like changes position. So it was kind of a scary thing when I found out. It was like back in high school and I went to the doctor and you know how they do the generic stick your tongue out and yeah. say ah. And he looked at my tongue and he was like, oh. Ooh. And then the short pause or longer pause. And he's like, I think I'm going to send you to a specialist because that might be cancer. No way. Yeah. I thought I had cancer one time. Scared me a little bit. But so, it turns out it was just a geographic tongue, which I then learned what that was. Does do does your taste of food just change as your the surface of your tongue changes? I don't think so. I mean, maybe I get a different hankering for something. Like I went and got Panda Express today. Maybe maybe they were in a Panda Express position. I thought you had Westwood's barbecue today. I did, but I didn't know wow. I was going to Man. get it. I didn't eat both. Jeez. I didn't know I was going to this Westwood barbecue place until I got back with my Panda Express. Oh, God. So it. I gave my very own Rick Cuellar the of Panda course, Express. Of course, your best friend. Other, this one's funny. I think this one's a funny okay. way of prefacing this question. Other than blind, what were you like as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can Referencing you, the fact that you. I have very visually impaired Jade okay. is doing right now. That's okay, Ben. I have a very strong prescription in my eyes that's irreversible by So does my surgery. mom. So um, I don't think poorly of you because of that. Okay. Thank you. Say, say the question again. Other than blind, what was I like as a kid? Other than blind, what were you like as a kid? Okay. Well, I... For those of you listeners, I don't know if I mentioned this last time I was on. I could have used this in my two trees and a lie. I was homeschooled kindergarten through eighth grade. Oh. Did you know that? I think so. Okay. So that's why I didn't use it. I figured you knew it. So I was kind of like the super shy mama's boy kind of kid. Okay. At least kindergarten through eighth grade. When I had like... So referencing the visual impairment, I had like super Coke bottle glasses and I still have them, but I only put them on at night when I take my contacts out. And he demonstrated those for you listeners to see as well. As I demonstrated with mm -hmm. the typical raccoon, raccoon eye, eye gesture. Yep. And um, so I had to wear an eye patch because <laughs> I had like, I still have a really lazy eye. And so eye doctors, their basic logic, cover the good eye, make the other one work. That's true. So I was the kid my that had a Band-Aid on his well. eye. <laughs> My Just mom. You sound like my mom. As terrible for morale and self-confidence <laughs> and esteem in general life, you know. Those things that you want to have when you're growing up as a child. So but, you weren't clumsy, <laughs> but you did wear a patch. I did have an eye. eye patch. wasn't clumsy. Um, so I would say, yeah, shy, mama's boy kind of kid. And then I went to – I went from eighth grade homeschool, so kindergarten through eighth grade homeschool, to public high school. So that was a little Ooh. bit of a, a culture shock. And yes. like, imagine if you will, listeners right now, yourself being 13 years old and never having like a full idea or concept what the inside of a classroom looks like. That's crazy. Imagine yourself in that setting. That was me when I was 13. Culture shock. Culture shock. Um, fortunately, I had some friends because I played baseball. So I knew some friends from that, but didn't know any girls. Just me yeah. and my me and my boys. Jeez. So yeah, I was shy of mama's boy and then, you know, shocked by culture when I went to high school. Yeah. And here you are. And here I am. On a on a podcast. On a podcast. Who would have thunk it? Do you want to say hi to your mom? Hi mom. I love you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> it's actually my mom and dad's. <laughs> 
As we're talking, I'm realizing it is my mom and dad's 35th wedding anniversary today. That's awesome. Well, how better to celebrate (laughs) than doing a podcast for them? Happy anniversary, mom and dad. Happy anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. Woolburn. You guys are very loved. If you ever listen to this or figure out the technology required to push play Uh on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well. They'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll send them a link. Send them an email, yeah. Tell them to click on the link. Okay. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, I hate that it's kind of the cliche answer or stereotypical answer. Maybe it's not like the always answer, but how cool would it be to be able to fly? It would be cool. So cool. Wouldn't have to pay for gas. It's true. Wouldn't have to pay for car insurance. Uh Wouldn't have to pay for a car. Could fly anywhere. Anywhere. Literally anywhere. To you Australia. get an ast- astronaut suit and you just go into outer space. Yeah. Maybe you need a little pod to get through the atmosphere or whatever. But, you know, little details. Flying would be super Superman cool. Superman doesn't need a pod to get through the atmosphere. Yeah, and he's real. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. I feel, I feel like flying would just be super cool and, you know, you'd be that kid. I would probably say watch this like 500 times in a day in that tone of, <laughs> hey, watch this. And then just fly off. <laughs> Oh, so you're a show-off also. Okay, there you go. Um, okay, so we kind of talked about this off-air, and I'm still curious. Okay. Have you ever had a surgery? Oh, so, I mean, the only time I've had stitches was for that thumb welding incident, but I've actually, when I was two years old, I think I was two years old, My this is really not super exciting, okay. but my ear duct was blocked, and so I had to, Your like, have ear an duct? Op- Ear duct, by that I mean tear duct. I'm pointing to my <laughs> eyes. I'm saying ear duct. My tear duct in my eye was blocked. And so I had to have that opened up so that I could cry like a baby. Oh. So. Did it work? It worked. Good. Yep. Now you can shed now I can tears cry of like emotion. a baby. Yep. Perfect. Okay. So now to what the fans want to know about you. All right. Do you know your Spoutcast history? Okay. So I have just a few questions for you. I apologize in advance, fans. All right. We'll see how dedicated you are to the show. (laughs) Dedicated maybe it can be a future term instead of a past. All right. I kind of have a feeling that's the direction we're heading. I like that. Okay. First question, Ben. All right. How many episodes has the Spoutcast aired, not including today? I believe the correct answer to that. Is 125? You are headed in the correct direction, sir. One for one. Can I retire? No. Okay. Perfect batting average. Has to keep going. All right. Question number two. Question two. Who were the original hosts? Ooh. I know that there was someone before you. Yep. I'm pretty sure Christian was at the beginning. Yep. So uh, there were two hosts, right? Yes. Co-hosts. Christian Christian Warren. And Sarah Wells. Wow. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Two for two. All right. Who was the very first guest on the spout? Oh, I'm probably not. All right. So got to imagine it's a couple years ago, probably someone from staff. My guess would be Jane Fawcett. Ben. Am I right? You're three for three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, this is unprecedented. I always fail these kind of things. I'm this really surprised. Three for three. All right. Last question. All right. Can you handle it? 
I would be happy with an A+. Plus. Who is the Spouts mega fan? Mega fan? Mm-hmm. That's a thing? Yep. Is that one person? Is that one person? <laughs> Sorry to whoever the mega fan is right now, as you're clearly listening, given your status as the mega fan. I don't know if this person listens very consistently anymore. Can I have like a hint or something? Would I know who they are? Yes. Okay. Mega fan. Is it. Daily Kinsey? No. <laughs> Layla Granada? No. Christian Warren? No. <laughs> Dave Johnson? No. Jane Fawcett? No. Is it someone on staff? Yeah, and I think you got it wrong. So too <laughs> bad. You um you got a C on your grading of this because it is 75%. 75%. The mega fan is your very own. Jeremiah Spears. The mega fan? What what constitutes the mega fan? So, um, Jeremiah, way back when, okay. there were two people who listened very consistently pretty much every week, we could say. Oh, yeah? So, there was a battle that um, rumblings began of who knows more about the spout than Ooh, the other. So, it was trivia. between Jeremiah Okay. And Sarah Roby, you know Sarah. Yeah. Right? I do know her. From Mount Hermon. She Herman. lives in Santa Cruz, I think. Yeah. So they both, Sarah Roby was in town. Sarah Roby and Sarah Wells are friends. Okay. So Sarah Roby was in town, and um, we had Sarah Roby and Jeremiah on the show, and we came up with questions, and whoever won was known won as the, the title fan. of Mega Fan. Oh, wow. Is this so, something we should institute in again at some point? Well, Jeremiah is still the mega fan. Does he have to like defend his title? Unless somebody comes and asks for it, not right. really. Okay. So there you have it. That's very interesting. I had no idea. Man, I I really thought you'd bat a thousand. That was probably one of the easier questions. Was the last one? It's true. Unfortunately, that's okay. Sometimes ben. you get the easy ones wrong, you know. Well, Ben, it's been good getting to know you. It has been good sharing about my inner workings in my life. Yes. So, Spellcast fans, you will learn more about Ben as he hangs out with us week to week. It's good to have you as my counterpart. Yeah. We can go with co-host. <laughs> co-host that works, works better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that was your interview segment. Stay tuned. Listen to a little more Hillsong United, and we'll be back to close out the show. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in today. 
Hope you enjoyed the music you were listening to. We happened to Google during the break whether Ken Griffey Jr. did or did not play for the Atlanta Braves. And Jane, would you like to enlighten our audience? Oh, um, yeah, he didn't. For some reason, I really thought he did. Because my brother was a huge Atlanta Braves fan. And I... At one point, really knew the whole the roster, <laughs> and for some reason, I thought Ken Griffey Jr. was on that <laughs> roster. But the moral of the story is, though, I'm right and Jane was wrong. So, thanks for tuning in. We are continuing on with the Anatomy of a Disciple series this weekend, <laughs> and um, you can buy those uh, Brad Bell or Rick Taylor's book at the iHub at any of the sites. So, be looking out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also will continue um, AOD after hours after the 7 p.m. service. So that is a great opportunity if you are looking to process the sermon a little more and you are around the college age, stick around with us for that. Come to the 7, stay afterwards. It's a ton of fun, as Ben experienced on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up this Sunday... This Wednesday and Sunday, if you are a midweeker, we have Join Serve Meet, so providing an on-ramp for you to get involved at the well if you are not already. So we will have signups for life groups and ministry teams, um, and we just want to be available to you as you're comfortable with. So we'll have people there um, ready and willing to help you get plugged in to a group or team and make the well your... Give the well your talent to serve. <laughs> ben, I think this was a pretty good show. I think it was a great one. You feel good about it? I feel pretty solid about day one, debut. Yeah. Everybody knows about me. Uh-huh. We all know Ken Griffey Jr. didn't play for the Braves. Okay, there it all is. All around good day. Cool. So you're going to hang out with me again next week, huh? Yeah, I think I'll come back. Okay. I think I'll <laughs> okay, good. I, I think, think I'll, I'll have make it back. back. All right. Thanks, Jane. I appreciate it. Co hosts. Yeah. Co hosts. All right. This is The Spout. And we're out. My faith will stand